I'm Ruma Tenbrink, and welcome to the Children's Bedtime Stories podcast for adults. I am so excited to be reading to you my first book this evening. I really hope you enjoy this, and I hope it helps you fall asleep in a beautiful slumber and take you to a faraway land. Thank you so, so much for listening. World-renowned musician, environmentalist, and humanitarian Dave Matthews, in collaboration with popular children's book author Cleet Barrett-Smith, has conjured an exciting and poignant fantasy about a girl who must confront her past mistakes before she can save her peaceful forest community from a gigantic threat. I am honored to read to you, If We Were Giants, Little Voices Can Have a Huge Impact. Let joy begin as we read Part 2, The Tree Folk. Chapter 19 Get a look at his face. I've never seen anything like... Didn't know eyes could even get that wide. He must have... That thing that shot the arrow. I need one of those too. So great when he fell down and the other guys didn't even... The entire crew was lounging on the banks of the river, talking over one another telling war stories about successfully using the giant puppet to scare away the hunters. Kira sat a little apart from the rest, keeping her thoughts to herself. They had worked so hard and deserved to laugh and celebrate, and she had certainly experienced a rush of euphoria as she'd watched the takers turn tail and stumble away, racing to get back to the other side of the river to disappear into the brush. But still, she couldn't stop worrying about what would come next. Was it possible that the forest giant would be enough of a deterrent? A frightening enough threat to keep the takers away for good? The illusion was clever and well-constructed, and she had no doubt that the archer's smashed toes would make him reluctant to return. But as grateful as she was to Luan and his friends for doing all this, She couldn't help but think the men must have realized it was a decoy of some kind, or a youngster's prank. The best she could hope for was that the hunters would be too embarrassed to tell their comrades about what happened, but they would steer them in another direction. On the other hand, if the takers never heard about it, then all this had been for nothing. Kira sighed, (sighs) She'd had such clarity of purpose upon waking up this morning. Her leaving would save the tree folk from the takers. Even though she'd been heartbroken at the prospect of going away, at least she'd had a clear direction set in her mind. Now she wasn't sure what would be the best thing to do, and the uncertainty was almost worse than the sadness. After an hour or so of imaginative reminiscing, the confrontation growing bigger and more legendary with each retelling, the group wore itself out. 
Luan and his friends, lolled back against the river bank, hands clasped behind their heads as they gazed up at the sky. Look at those clouds, Mozan said. Finally, you think the rain will start tonight? Tomorrow at the latest, Kari said. Those hunters are going to be soaked unless they can get back to wherever they came from and fast. Luan laughed. Did you see how quickly they were trying to escape the great and mighty forest giant? They must be miles away by now. Kira hoped so. The group went back to studying the sky. After a while, Makina spoke up. This is the longest dry spell I can ever remember in my entire life. Your entire life? What are you, about five years old? Luan sniggered. I'm sorry to say, Makina, but the span of your living memory is not all that impressive. The others joined him in laughter. I'm twelve. Well, almost. And I can't help it if I'm still small for my age, Makina huffed. And besides, my parents said the same thing. They said it could be the longest dry season ever of all time. Oh, quit picking on her, Luan, Tiha said. The group quieted down again. Kira watched as Makina sat up and sneered at the boys, then looked back and forth from the river to her friends. Hey, Luan, she finally said. You're always talking about how you're going to cross over to the other side someday. Why not now? Luan sat up and studied the river. Nah, I'll do it some other time. Makina pressed on. But the river might never be this low again. This could be your last chance this season. Luan cupped his chin in his hand, looked out across the meandering current. Kira had to speak up. Oh, Luan, please don't tell me you're actually considering this. Makina shrugged. Maybe he's just afraid. How old are you anyway, Luan? Five? Luan, still full of himself from the victory over the takers, puffed out his chest. I'm nearly full grown. I could do it right now. No problem. I bet you couldn't get across and just touch a single tree on the other side. Stop it, Makina, Tiha shook her head. I agree with Kira. Don't do this, Luan. There's no need. Luan jumped to his feet. You know what? Sometimes you don't need a reason to do something amazing, he cried, and ran full tilt toward the river. Kira gasped and put her hand over her chest. Her first instinct was to jump up and run after him, grab him, and drag him back to the safety of their little group. But she knew that was useless. As always, Luan was going to do what Luan was going to do. So all she could do was sit there and watch as he splashed into the river and started chugging forward, first in water up to his knees, then his waist, and finally his chest. When it got almost to his shoulders, Kira could tell he was struggling to keep his footing. That boy is crazy sometimes, Kari shook his head. Tia scoffed. 
That boy is stupid sometimes. Kira watched in silence as Luan got smaller with distance, his head bobbing up and down as if he were jumping off the riverbed to keep himself above the surface. Out in the middle, it must have been so deep that he couldn't touch at all, because he started swimming, pumping his arms and legs furiously as the current pushed him downstream. Kira hadn't realized she'd been holding her breath until Luan finally got past the middle, close enough to the other side, that his feet had found the bottom once more. And he was straining forward, waiting until the water was back down to his chest, his waist, and finally his ankles. Kira could start breathing again. When Luan strode out of the river, safely on the other side, He turned and raised his arms in triumph. His friends stood and applauded him, whistling and cheering. Makina cupped her hands around her mouth and shouted, Remember! You have to touch at least one tree! The forest over there was sparser, a collection of stunted trees and scraggly brush. Kira wasn't sure if Luan could hear Makina or not, but in any case, He ran up the river bank, slapped a tree, and turned back to the group to raise his hands again, a huge smile on his face as he reveled in his accomplishments. That's when two monstrous men, clad in leather, dashed out from behind the tree line, grabbed Luan roughly by each arm, and dragged him into the brush. <laughs> 